Adapt Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Hey guys, Steve here from Adapt Nation and welcome back to our podcast. In today's episode, I received some sad news. My strength training partner and coach for the last year, Bryn Jenkins, has, struggling to put it in words, well, he's joined a CrossFit box. Can you believe it? Crazy. I know. And if I'm honest, I am not surprised. The guy is built for power, acceleration, movement. He's a big kid. He likes to play around. And I can imagine CrossFit is right up his alley, emotionally, neurologically. So we talk about that for the first five to ten minutes and we we ponder as to whether one he's gonna leave me in mushroom training workouts, but two, is it actually gonna serve his goals in uh, in terms of body composition and body size? We'll have to wait and see. We then get on to our first question, which is all about carb cycling. You may have heard of this, it's a very hyped up diet at the moment. And we talk about what carb cycling is, how do you do it specifically, who should consider carb cycling, what are the, the pros, and hey, let's face it, what are the downsides of this diet? So we get deep into that for 20 to 30 minutes. We then get on to the second question, which is the fact I'm doing a mini cut. So people on our social media platforms have been asking us questions in and around specifically this cut. So as you may know, I'm on an annual pursuit to build a more lean mass over the course of 2018 and 2019. But in doing so, inevitably I'm gonna put in a little bit of fat. Not much, but enough for me to wanna remove. So once every few months, I'll do a three to four week restrictive uh, diet where I'm dialing down my calories. Questions are, how am I doing this? Does it feel like shit? Uh, what diet am I following? Can I still have my big dinners that I purport to have across uh, the Adaptation website? And the answer may surprise you. And no, I don't feel like shit, and it is super easy. Let's get into it. Adaptation. So on Sunday morning, I tried CrossFit for the first time. Ooh, mm. going to the dark side, man. What are you doing? I think... Don't, don't betray a, me like that. <laughs> were you, was a, seriously, what's going on? <laughs> so it was a matter of time, I think, until I started CrossFit, I think, because I've always been drawn to it. And I know there's a lot of um, discussion around CrossFit as to whether it's um, good or bad, because there's a lot of bad technique, a lot of bad form. There's a lot of um, high repetition mm. exercises that shouldn't necessarily be high repetitions, things like box jumps, yep. deadlifts, um, things that can be quite technically demanding and can cause injury and whatnot. But something's drawn me to it and I've been really interested in it. So I thought, and Lisa, my fiance, she's she's always wanted to, to give it a go. So um, we said, well, why don't we go on Sunday morning? So we went along, um, there's a box, it's 10 minutes down the road. And um and the box is, is what they call their gym basically. Yeah. Um and it was like a trial session and we did 
uh, we went through the basics, which is quite weird for me as a coach being coached by someone else. Yes. But I know did, it, did you enjoy that? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's nice to to be coached for once because I'm always coaching other people. So it's good to see how other people um, train their clients and, you know, different ideas, different Also, not, not, ha- not have to think as well, right? Just have someone tell you what you're going to do. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I like you coming and coaching me, not because yeah. I necessarily need it, but then in the moment, you, you teach me something new. So kind of investing in yourself is yeah. kind of what you're doing, right? Well, actually, they were, I, was, I was talking to the, um, I don't know if it was a head coach or if they own the gym, she was saying they have a lot of personal trainers there because they simply need that output where they don't have to think, they don't have to to program for themselves and, and they can just turn up and they can do the... The workout of the day. The, the workout wood. of the day, the wood. Yeah. Um, so I think that's quite appealing to me and it's going to be a bit of an outlet. So the plan is to do that two times a week. Oh, so, oh, so the taster session has got you your <laughs> appetite whetted and you're going again? Yeah, exactly. Really? Well, the, the okay. thing that appeals to me most about CrossFit is the athletic side to training because I, I quite like sprints, rope climbs, box jumps, Olympic lifts, but I don't do enough of it because... Number one, I don't have a good enough space to do it because you need room. You need yeah, headroom to do a yeah. lift. You've got to have a rope to climb. You, know. you have space to do sprints exactly. or sledge, sledge pulls and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so it's always, that's appealed to me quite a lot. Um, I thought, well, perfect opportunity. I can go to a CrossFit box and do all of these things. Um, why wouldn't I? Because it just appeals to my type of training. Yeah. So I mean, I, I've said this to you before, and we've, we've looked at our neurotyping right which is our yeah. our bias our, our kind of training bias mm. like how is our body kind of put together both muscular you know t- muscle tissue fibers and the general kind of like nervous system function like how does it how does our body operate yeah and we've always said that i've got this bias towards grinding and strength work yeah but whenever you throw me some kind of power-based work i'm shit at it yeah right like i've I, I put on instagram in a bit my um barbell complex work and mm. it is it's naff my cleans are just so <laughs> so crap but i know with you mm-hmm. i think you've definitely got a bias towards power yeah. and acceleration movement speed momentum yeah yeah so I, i'm not surprised you liked it yeah i just i guess my i guess my concern with crossfit is yeah. i'm not quite sure it serves your goal yeah. Right. So there's 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 one thing going to do something because you enjoy it, and you shouldn't discount that. If you enjoy something, you should do it. Yeah. But understand whether it's it's supporting or detr- or, or taken away from your goals. Yeah. So I guess you need to understand if you're going to sign up to CrossFit, are your goals changing? Mm. Or are they exactly yeah. the same? That's something they've I've got. They're going to have to change. Yeah. Well, I think the. <laughs> There's two goals here. There's aesthetics, because I want to improve my size and just the way I look. But then there's also the other goal is to, to enjoy my train, training. Okay. And I don't think that goal has been fulfilled. Mm. I do enjoy my training, don't get me wrong, but... It's not exciting. It's not exciting enough for me. Yeah. And I think by adding this outlet and this style of training 
twice a week into my normal routine. So I still do my strength work. I still do my hypertrophy kind of bodybuilding style training. But I'm going to couple that with CrossFit and that would be a great outlet because I think I can still, I can still improve my physique. I just have to make sure now that I'm going to be obviously doing CrossFit, I'm going to be burning a lot more energy. Need to eat even more, I'm right? Going to be, yeah, exactly. If yeah. I want to put on muscle, I'm going to need to make sure I need to eat more to ensure that I don't start losing muscle. Is that, who's that guy that you follow on Instagram? Is it Zach George? George? Zach George, yeah. So he's massive. He's like Hulk. Yeah. He's like the Hulk, right? Yeah. And he does CrossFit. And, and he was saying, I, I watched a video and he was saying, I haven't done bicep. I'm sure it was him. And he was saying, I haven't done bicep curls in like two years or something. And his biceps are huge. So it makes you wonder. He's quite chunky. I mean, yeah. Chunk, chunky's the wrong word. He's bulky. Yeah. And that is he genetically built that way? Maybe. Probably. He's probably eating a ton of stuff as yeah, well. Yeah. And I think, a, you know, a lot of people as well, I think, join CrossFit because they see these CrossFitters that are jacked, like Rich Froning, um, great physiques. But I think they are just genetically aesthetically pleasing yeah i just i just Maybe. think they built that way yeah. um obviously well, he's, he's definitely got some genetic benefits because like his at work output is ridiculous is ridiculous yeah you, you couldn't i don't think you can train to be as fit as he is right yeah. it's he him and matt fraser and guys like that have just got that kind of work output that capability yeah. to just work hard for yeah. a sustained period of time with good form and you know the body puts him the right way most people can't do that. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you train four hours a day, um, you're gonna be average or yeah. good. You're not yeah. gonna be great. Yeah, they, they, these guys come around once in once in oh, blue moon. So right? yeah, it must be incredibly hard to be one of the top crossfitters because you've got to be good at almost everything and you don't actually know what they're gonna throw mm. at you. And that how do you train for that? And that that's kind of spiked my curiosity. Yeah. Uh, another thing I would actually say as well is um it gets a bad rap because a lot of people have bad form in CrossFit, which is actually now getting better. If you look at some of the top athletes, they've got their technique is absolutely spot on. Obviously, not all of them, but most of them are, and that's because they're getting specialized coaches now. Because yeah, you're not getting that as the average Joe that rocks up to a yeah. box once a week. You may do. I, I'm not. I'm not sure the quality. It depends on the box and the coaches in the box. Yeah. Um. Some. Some boxes may take on too many clients and try and teach a large glass, a large uh, glass class, uh, complex movement, which is hard to manage in a large group. Yeah. But if you are a good coach, you'd say I'm going to limit the size of my classes, and I'm going to break it the classes down into beginners, intermediates, advanced lifters, so that you can really get the beginners to nail the basics. And then you can move them into an intermediate class and then eventually to advance. There's more boxes that are doing that now, but that's down to the coaches. The coaches have to be aware and they have to be... And I think there are some really good CrossFit coaches out there now. Um, for me, it's all right because I, I've got a foundational training and movement. So oh, yeah, you're going to be, you're gonna be there, greater yeah, just, because of that. Yeah, yeah, be aware of my movement and technique yes. and form. But yeah, like I said... Joe Bloggs is going to go in there, never trained before. That's when you have to... And you're asking him to do like, you know... A snatch or... 50 snatches in a row. Exactly. Yeah. So, But I do I do now, I think a lot of coaches are aware of this and they mitigate that that issue and make sure that they master the basics of that individual first. When I went on Sunday, it was, it was about the basics. It was, can you squat? Can you hip hinge? Um, can you use a rowing machine properly? It was really basic stuff. Okay. I thought that was great. 
Oh, so it, was, it wasn't the properly glycolytic no. tax and stuff yet? No, they, they took us through the sort of assessment and then they said, just for a bit of fun, let's do a bit of a wad now at the end, which was um, row 200 metres uh, wall balls, which is a big medicine ball that you you squat. And then throw onto the wall. And then throw onto the wall, hit yeah. target, catch, and, and just go back into that. squat, yeah. Um, Sit-ups, press-ups, and I think that was it. And we had to do three rounds of that for time. Um, but that was only because he saw that there was only three of us in the assessment and he saw that all three of us could move quite well. So then he was like, okay, now we're good to go and do a workout. So I, okay. I was quite pleased with the process. I, I, very I, I just think, you, um, I, I think you're a big kid. Which is yeah. great. I think you're a big kid and I think you I'm like... I'm trying to climb ropes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think this idea of this playground that you go to play Amazing. with, yeah. playing once a week, right? You know, yeah. as I said, climb ropes and do pull-ups and, you know, play around with the bars and yeah. have that space. And then probably the social aspect as well. Yeah. Doing it with Community. other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that working for you. I guess here's the, here's the rub and here's the question is... Go fulfill your psychic bucket, your emotional bucket of enjoying the way your body probably is designed to move, mm-hmm. and you get you get a lot out of it emotionally. But let's see if you get out of it what you need physically too. Yeah. And keep yourself honest. If your goal is going to change, you go. Do you know what? I am what I am. My body shape is what it is, mm-hmm. and I'm not destined or have a desire to change it. So I'm not going to be this ripped, jacked, muscle building, you know, physique kind of shape yeah. instead I'm, I'm i'm cool with being more slight but slimmer and more athletically capable yeah. of doing this stuff if that's your goal and go yeah you know if i can stay in this shape for the rest of my life i'm fine yeah then crossfit serves your that purpose well because you've got good strength and foundations in movement yeah. but if your goal is what it was set at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. which was to be you know bigger and more defined and you had a picture of what you wanted to look like Mm -hmm. can you keep to that while still keeping crossfit in and is crossfit gonna own you because that's what most of the happens right you see someone who goes once a week and then they go twice a week and then they're five times a week and they're in on the community and on the social they're like everything's crossfit let's see what happens yeah it'll be interesting i'll keep everyone updated obviously we're doing the body goal blog so that's going to be interesting to see is it having a negative or a positive impact on, on my body goals exactly but I do, and if your body goal does change that's yeah. cool man but, 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 would, but let's be honest if you if it changes mm. tell us that it's yeah. changing because you doing things that aren't in support of your goal mm. and expecting the goal is just naive and stupid right mm. if you know that you're not getting enough calories and you're doing things that aren't going to develop the muscles in the areas that you wanted to develop them but you're saying I'm cool with that now yeah. I'm, because I want to do this because I'm enjoying this so much and I'm enjoying the other things it's given me then just make sure that we understand that your goals yeah. are changing. I would, what I would say though is that the goal that I would in my body goals I'm striving for is an athletic look. Um, so the picture I put up was of Mark Fit, and if you Google him, you'll you'll be able to see. Um, he's got loads of pictures up on Google, or have a look at the body goals. One of my first, it was yeah, my I, first body goals blog. Yeah, he's there's a picture from that. Yeah, um, he is very athletic, and he purposely keeps himself looking athletic. He's got a lot he of muscle, mate. He's, he's got, got a lot, lot of muscle. muscle. That, that, would have taken years of deliberate bodybuilding work, yeah. 100%. And that that's going to be where it's going to be interesting whether I can achieve that or not. Yeah. Um, because I feel it, I feel it's achievable. The body type you're going for is 
bit more bulky, bit heavier. It's, oh, it's still shredded, but it's it's, but it's gonna, less it's, it's athletic, more muscle mass. More yeah, muscle mass. and I don't think that would be in line with CrossFit. Yeah, but I think what I'm doing, I feel personally that it is. Whether it is or, or not, I don't. Let's know. see, man. We're I'm look, see, looking so. forward to seeing this. Yeah, cool. All right, man. Adaptation. We are going to cover off a, a couple of things today as part of a, a Q and A episode. Um, we're going to try and cover two or three. Let's see how we get on for time. Mm-hmm. The first one is is quite interesting. There, there's always a fad diet. There's always something that's grabbing the attention of the the media and the majority of people looking to lose weight. You know, there's been keto diets, paleo diets, Atkins diets, juice diets. You name it, right? There's always something that's grabbing the attention of the media. Yeah. In 2018, um, paleo is still very strong. Keto is still very strong. Carb cycling yeah. is now becoming a thing. Yeah. So the question we're getting, got it from my wife and seeing it on social media, is what is carb cycling? Mm. Does it work? And should I do it? Yeah. Right? Not I, as in the people asking mm-hmm. the question. So why don't we get at that? Yeah, you're yeah. good for that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Carb cycling, um, I've been doing a bit of research and by accident I've done it um, throughout some of my my kind of like dieting protocols. Would you say it's intuitively? Maybe, but it definitely hasn't been been following a purposeful regime. Um, I'm going to kind of put out the basics of what I know, Bryn, and uh, let's then debate some of that and get into the finer print. So for, for the guys listening... The, this dieting approach is really, um, I would say, it was born through the bodybuilding community, mostly, yeah. because it is quite a meticulous dieting protocol, and it is demanding. It requires you to know the macros you're consuming, mm-hmm. um, and know what foods contain those macros, so you're going to have to track and you're going to have to measure so because it's demanding and it's mentally quite taxing because you go we'll explain it it puts you in quite yeah quite a an emotional state when you're very low on carbs i would say this really is more for the bodybuilders or people that want to get shredded or people that have dealt with the foundations of dieting and understand dieting well enough to do this this is more of an advanced dieting protocol um, that said, let's try and explain what it is. What it is, is, is in effect, it's a, an approach to have a lower carb diet where for the majority of the week, you're going to be on a very low or moderately low carb intake. And then once every three or four days, you have a carb feed where you go ham on carbs. You have a lot of carbs. Mm. And there's some science behind why you want to do this. But that's in that's it in a nutshell. It's a low-carb diet with a carb refeed every three to four days. And what that looks like, just as some of the kind of the, the kind of the moving parts, is on those on those low days, you're having some people go as crazy as 30, only 30 grams of carbs a day. Yeah. That is like next to nothing. I'm trying to think what 30 grams of carbs would be. It would be like... 
40 grams of potato, yeah. which is like one, like it's a half of a small potato. Mm-hmm. It's like there's next to nothing there. A banana would, would blow your budget. Yeah, I think a lot of people stick to just vegetables on their low carb days. Yeah, like the, you get the broccolis and stuff yeah. like that because there's not actually a lot of stuff yeah. in there. It's a lot of water content and fiber content. Yeah. So yeah, on the low carb days, it's basically no carbs. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that'll be incredibly difficult. Um, and you would do that for a couple of days. You might mix in a medium carb day. A medium carb day, they describe as half a gram of carbs per pound of body weight. So I'm 190 pounds, so it would be 95 grams of carbs, which is, I think, more doable. Again, it's still very low, though. 95 grams, I mean, my average dinner is probably about that. It's all them sweet potatoes. Oh, I have a lot of sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my average meal is probably going to do that number, just one, one meal. Yeah. So then for the rest of the day you are not having any carbs. So that's unsustainable. You're going to have to think about very small portions of carbs yeah. in every meal to keep to that un- under that half a gram of carbs per body weight. And then every three days or four days, you have a high carb day. And this is where, say, 50% of your diet is coming through carbs. And that might look like anywhere between two to three grams of carbs per pound of body weight. So it's quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and that is the protocol. Three days very low or medium, one day very high. Now, what you need to know about this is for this to work, you are going to need to know your TDEE, so your total daily uh, calorie expenditure. And you can Google that online to find a calculator that you put in a couple of metrics of your height, your weight, your age, your sex, and it will describe what your calorie yeah. um, burn is per day. Yeah, and you and it's never exact, it's not an exact science, it's a starting point, and you'll never get it exactly spot on, because it changes. No, exactly, you know, what, what hormones do you have, you know, are you, are you on a menstrual, menstrual cycle? Yeah. You know, have you got that activity that you've described on this calculate, calculator correct, correct to what yeah. you're doing? It's, it's, it's rough, but for me, for example, my TDE is around about 3,000. 3,100 calories a day is what I need just to sustain my current body weight. Yes, what we call maintenance. Maintenance, yeah. So you need to know that number because then what you're going to do is from that number, you need to then work out how many carbs you're allowed. And for every gram of carbs, it's four calories. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to make sure that you're within your TDEE. So in my case, I've got to be within 3,000 calories. And I've got to make sure that I'm having the half a gram of carbs per day, mm-hmm. which would be about 95 grams of carbs, which equals about 400 calories. Yeah. And then the rest of my calories are going to have to come from proteins and fats. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, uh, what people do with, with this approach is that they have to track and measure their food. So if you're going to get to the finer detail of knowing what your TDE is, and knowing how many carbs you should have, then you're going to need to measure and track that such that you know if you're getting those numbers. Otherwise, yeah. this is a pointless activity. Yeah. Yeah, so no point in saying, oh, I must have 100 grams of carbs, but they're not measuring to know if you're having it. So you're going to have to get MyFitnessPal or MyNetDiary. 
and you're going to have to track the foods you have and if you're having whole foods you're going to have to weigh them mm. um, and then a couple of other things that people do to try and make this work is if they are training hard which is highly recommended that on their hardest training days that's the day when they do the carb feed because you need carbs in which to be able to perform at yeah. your highest or i just want to put an input there on. or on days where you know you're going to be having a social event um if you're going out with your partner or you're going out with friends sometimes people use that as their high carb day as well just because they know it's going to be almost and impossible to a, yeah. stick to low carb exactly so you have to be quite meticulous around when you're going to put these Time. higher carb days in because the majority of the week is actually going to be low carb and as you say you yeah. can't have a social event on a low carb and your, your training is going to suffer so you try and schedule it um, and already it's sounding complicated. Right? It is, yeah. <laughs> it's sounding like too much hard work. Well, what, what we're trying to do here, aren't we? We're trying to explain what it is, and then we will explain when and who, you know, who should do it. Exactly, exactly. So don't want guys to sort of go, oh, God, this is too complicated for me and to switch off. We want to know that we're going to explain whether it's for you or not. Exactly. So you're doing these low-carb days, three days you're doing one day where you have lots of carbs and you just continue to cycle that that's yeah. the carb cycling uh, approach now most people that go on carb cycling they're not doing it to gain weight they're doing it to lose weight so this is typically a diet to lose body fats right and the reason why i think this is getting a lot of attention right now is that carbs have been villainized over the last few yeah. years fats were, were the, the the evil macro for for much of my growing up that's why you get all these low-fat foods. And it's now been found and proved that fats are actually highly critical to hormone production, satiation, feeling satisfied with your food. And generally, there's really nothing to feel fearful with mm. food. Yeah. Uh, sorry, with fats. Uh, you just need to make sure you get the right fats. Yeah. So now, you know, carbs are the villains because, you know, if you have too many carbs, carbs get converted to to energy stores i.e. fat in your body the reality is carbs are, are, are no more um, calorific or um, impactful to fat gain yeah. than any other macro yeah because really what we're talking about is you there's x amount of calories you need to survive on any given day if you have more than that if you're in a surplus your body's going to store that energy in the form of fat on your body yeah. you do that through time you'll put weight on. You have less calories than your, your body needs per day. You'll lose weight, whether it's proteins, fats, or carbs. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. But this is why it's so popular is because there's this belief that carbs are just wasted energy. And if you don't use them immediately, they're just going to get stored. Mm. That is true. But they're only going to get stored if you have more calories than you need. Exactly. And that's and an it, important point. So, so important. Exactly. Um I would also say that this is good for people that like it, right? Diets should be about sustainable changes in the way in which you eat and look at food. And if having low-carb diets works for you, do it. Yeah. Like, if you enjoy the idea of kind of going keto because you feel that your brain's fired better, that um, you feel less kind of weighed down, uh, that you can manage your sweet cravings better. And maybe you, you poorly process food, uh, carbs. I, I poorly process carbs. I've actually had some uh, metabolic analysis done. And it's said that I process fats and 
proteins very well. Yeah. Um, but when I have carbs, I process them too quickly. So when you process carbs too quickly, it spikes your um, your blood sugar levels and then plummets them down in that rapid succession. And that can cause hunger and it can cause moodiness and it can cause cravings for uh, sweet and sugary foods only a couple of hours after eating food. Yeah. That happens to me. So if you're like that and you can enjoy a low-carb diet, then do it. But I would say... If you just want to lose weight and carbs give you that sense of satisfaction when you eat, this isn't necessarily the only way to go. Yeah. So with a lot of my clients, they're usually, like you just said there, after just general weight loss goals. I don't tend to do carb cycling with them because it is just too monotonous, um, too too technically demanding and yeah. time consuming when you don't really need to do it if you're just looking for general weight loss and you want to have a good physique but you don't want to be stage ready because you're doing a bodybuilding show um, I think it's more important to go let's get your calories right first let's make sure you're eating enough protein so that you can um, hold on to your muscle and um, not lose muscle, too much muscle when you're cutting, when you're in a calorie deficit. But when it comes to carb and fat, I say to most of my clients, let's figure out what you feel best on. So like Steve, you just said there, if you feel better on carbs and you know, have a slightly higher carb diet and a lower fat diet, as long as it's within your calories and vice versa. If you feel better on fats and for a higher fat diet, then have a slightly higher fat and lower carb diet. Fats don't make you fat. Yeah. Carbs don't make you fat. Protein doesn't make you fat. Having more calories than you need makes you fat. Yeah, simple law of thermodynamics. Really, is it? Yeah. So as long as you've got your calories right and you're eating enough protein, you can play around with your carb and your fat intake. What I do personally is I will lower my um, carbohydrate intake when I'm not training and I'm less active. So instead of, if I normally have um, a whole sweet potato, I might have half a sweet potato. If you if it's a non-training day. If it's a non-training day. Okay. Because I don't need I don't need the energy as much. I don't need that fuel. Um, and I feel better on higher higher fat. But when I'm training, I might just increase my carbohydrate um, intake a little bit and just lower my fat intake. So that's an important point to make. So carbohydrates are the most easily processed um macronutrient that your body can take and it is able to convert that food to energy quickest mm. with carbohydrates than any other, other macro yeah so as a result that's why people talk about high carb diet diets when you train because it the glucose gets converted to glycogen into the muscles and into your into your bloodstream quickest with with carbs than anything else because it's the it's the closest variation of the energy source that your body uses already yeah. so if you're it's, that's why i think it's been villainized because carbs are looked like you know they're just pure energy and if i don't need the energy and i'm consuming it then it's just going to get converted to fat that is true when when you eat carbs you, your body uses what it can within its bloodstream but it's, your body's goal is homeostasis which is to get back to balance mm -hmm. and if it's got too much sugar pulsing through its blood insulin spikes to then try and deposit that that sugar elsewhere so then yes it will store as fat but then those fat stores will then get repurposed as soon as you go in, into a fasted state i.e 
after a couple of hours after eating, mm. those fat stores then get leveraged now to act as the fuel source whilst you're not eating. So it doesn't matter that you've had loads of carbs. What matters if you have loads of carbs and at the end of the day and you've had 2,000 calories more than you should have, then you're going to put weight on. Yeah. But if you had a shit ton of carbs first thing in the morning and then you kept within your calorie amount by the end of the day, you're not going to gain any fat. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Um, what should should be noted around this approach, though, that I think gets people's attention is that carbs, with every gram of carbs, mm. um, comes with it four grams of water. Carbs basically attract water. Intracellular and extracellular, within your cells and outside of your cells. Um, so if you've ever noticed, if you go on a low-carb diet or you just generally you know, massively calorie-restrict yourself, you might notice that you lose three or four pounds within the first yeah, week. Quickly. The reality is the majority of that is glycogen, mm-hmm. um, which is this kind of en- yeah. stored energy that's within your muscles, which is the derivative of glucose, and then attached water. Yeah. So you're using you're losing loads of water from your muscles and from your cells, and that's why within that first week or two, you're amazed by how much weight you can lose when you diet yeah. and when you have low carbs, but Guys, don't kid yourselves. The weighing scales goes down, but it doesn't mean anything. You haven't lost any fat. You've just lost water, and that's not necessarily a healthy place to be. Yeah, I, I think that's where the confusion comes from because people that go on a low-carb diet suddenly lose all this weight on the scales and go, yeah, low-carb diet works. And when you actually realise that it's not body fat that you're losing, then it becomes apparent that it's not actually carbs. It's controlling your body weight. Exactly, yeah. After that honeymoon period of the first one or two weeks, then you'll notice that your weight loss is much more, um, it's a much slower and uh, non-dramatic event. And that's the reality. That's when you are actually losing fat. That first week, you might lose a little bit. The majority of the weight you lose is is really um, robbing your body of the natural stores of water and glycogen it needs to be optimal. Yeah. So I would say don't get, don't get drawn into that get drawn instead think about how you can just be in a calorie restriction through time yeah um the so that that's the reason why i think you can lose weight you'll have you end up having less carbs on a, on a carb cycling diet which means you're almost inevitably inevitably going to be having less calories with less calories it means you are going to lose weight and then you lose a bunch of water and glycogen which in turn takes a few pounds of the weight scale yeah. The not so good thing about carb cycling, though, is that it can be incredibly hard for people. I know when I try and go on a, a low carb diet off the back of a carb day, is that you are just ravenous. Yeah. Now, if you try and get into a ketosis type diet where you're not having much carbs most of the time and you've accepted you're not going to be able to train as hard as a result of that, that can work. It's when you go from high carb to low carb, that day after is so painful. Yeah. And you're you're always thinking about food. You're always thinking about having carbs and potatoes and sugary things. And I just think that that mental fight that you have to have to sustain on this diet, I think for most people just isn't worth it. You can you can achieve the same goal or better. Yeah. And and have foods that kind of mentally make you feel happy, you know? Yeah. You, you feel you feel like you, it's more sustainable that you're not in abstinence another not so good thing 
about carb cycling is that I would say it's less suitable for people that have a goal to uh, build muscle. Now, why is that? Well, first of all, if your diet's going to force you into a calorie restrictive state, it means you're going to be catabolic and you are going to be um, breaking down more muscle than you are building. It's just the nature of, of, of being in a calorie deficit. Now, however, you can be in a carb cycling diet and be in a surplus, have more calories than you need, but you have to obviously make sure you're tracking to that goal. Mm. But even if you're in a calorie surplus, carb cycling, I don't think is as effective as a traditional diet for bodybuilding. Let me explain why. So when you reduce your carbs, you reduce your glycogen. Glycogen is that fuel for exercise. It's what's that, that energy within your muscles to give you the ability to exercise there and then. It's that readily accessible energy source. And when you reduce your glycogen, what that means is you're going to reduce your performance in the gym. And when you pre reduce your ability to perform in the gym, it means you're going to make less progress in your pursuit of progressively overloading your muscle through time. And that means less gains. So if, you, if you're if you in a depleted glyco glycogen state for the majority of your week, your workouts are going to suffer. Mm. And therefore, your ability to push your body to new levels is going to be lessened. And I personally, if I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to take the time of traveling, showing up, having a program, trying to nail it, I want to be... I want to be fired up. I want to do the best I can when I go to that session. And I need I need glycogen for that. Mm. I can't be in a glycogen depleted state. So first, first and foremost, for muscle building or carb cycling and muscle building is that it doesn't put you in a gly glycolytic state. I don't think that's particularly effective. The second thing, and I think is what is very important, is that it creates a catabolic-like set of hormonal changes in your body. What does that mean? So anabolic is building muscle, catabolic is breaking muscle down. So here's a few things that happen in your body when you go low carb. You have lower levels of insulin in your body. So insulin spikes when you have food. As soon as you consume food, this hormone, it's a good hormone, it's not, it should be, be given a bad rap. You consume food, insulin's job is to shuttle those nutrients and calories into the muscles and into the tissues. So it's your transporting vehicle within your body to get the food out of your gut and into your muscles. Without insulin, you wouldn't be able to do that. So it's incredibly important. It's produced from the pancreas. Um, and what it does is it, it, its goal is to take that glucose out of the bloodstream and put it into the right places as quickly as possible so your bloodstream can go to its normal levels. If you have too much glucose, it will then store the extra as body fat. That's just what it, it, its, its job is. As well as that, insulin creates an anti-catabolic environment because in effect, it helps um, improve protein synthesis because it's shuttling nutrients to the muscles whilst um, slowing down muscle breakdown. So that's what insulin does, and you need it. And insulin is a direct correlation to how much carbs you take. But on top of that, when you have a low-carb diet, I don't know if you've ever noticed, Bryn, but when you're on a low-carb diet, I generally feel a little bit more stressed out. Mm. And that's not just because you're wanting food, but the fact that your food needs, sorry, your body needs 
uh, glycogen and it's not getting it and it's having to shift to different energy sources in its body in the body it does get a bit stressed out and the stress is actually hormonal it rises something called cortisol people would have heard of cortisol being the stress hormone the fight or flight hormone and it lowers free testosterone because it creates this kind of stress environment in your body both of which are not good for building muscle you need low stress levels and you need high testosterone levels to build muscle. So the combination of lower insulin levels because you're eating less carbs, um, a more stressed environment where you have higher cortisol levels and lower free testosterone levels, which is an anabolic steroid, is you're gonna put yourself in a position where growing muscle is just gonna be more challenged. Mm. And for that reason, yes, it works with bodybuilders who has who, as you've said before, are prepping for a show and are trying to shred those last remaining couple of pounds of body fat and get to 4% body fat. But for normal people, the majority of people trying to diet, train, or potentially get you know the body they want, this is not a sustainable protocol. Right. Um, so in a nutshell, it, it doesn't help you lose fat faster or better than any other approach, right? You can pick any fad diet or any labeled diet, or you can generally go about having a sustainable diet which focuses on calories in versus calories out and making sure that equation matches your goal. And you'll get the same result. But do carb cycling if it works for you, if you can adhere to the process and you enjoy low carb diets, but don't do it because you think it's gonna be better Yeah than any other diet. Exactly. Why don't we then shift to the second question, Bryn, which mm -hmm. is about an alternative approach. So, um, as you know, I'm, a, I'm on a cut right now, started yeah. a couple of days ago, and obviously put out on Instagram, and people are, you know, commenting on my, uh, you know, my, my half-naked shots and how inappropriate they are. In your boxes. In my boxes. But I'm, I'm willing to be open and honest that I'm going to go go into a cut mode. It's going to be about four weeks. So my protocol is, just to zoom out, is I'm this, this year I'm about building mass, mm -hmm. building muscle on my frame. And as a result, I'm going to have to think throughout the year on generally having more calories than I'm burning and making sure I'm working incredibly hard mm -hmm. and then getting lots of rest and recovery. But if I just pursued a bulking like, protocol for the whole year... I will inevitably put more and more fat on to the point I would feel uncomfortable. I'm already starting to feel a bit uncomfortable now. So every two, three months, I go on a two to four week mini cut. And this is where I'll be in a highly calorie restrictive state. Uh, burn off three to five pounds of body fat. Just get my body fat percentage at the kind of level that I'm comfortable being at all year round. And then return back to a calorie surplus. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this calorie deficit cutting phase. And I'm getting questions like, how are you doing that? Yeah. You know, is it is it are you gonna be basically struggling for yeah. the next four weeks? I think what a lot of people see as well on your Instagram is your huge portions. And it'll be interesting to see your view and how you're doing a cut whilst eating these big portions. How are you doing it? Yeah, so yeah, my, my, my portion sizes are massive. I've had a lot of people saying, oh, where's, where's the normal size plates? Or, you know, I'm a woman. 
And are, they, are they extremely small plates with just like no. moderate amount of food? No, they're, they're actually really big plates. Big plates. <laughs> right, yeah. so they are big portions. You know, my average dinner is probably 900, 900 to 1300 calories per meal. per meal for a dinner. And that's not that bad, right? If you have a real, if you go and have, eat out, I say 1800 to a half thousand calories. If you just you know, have loads of processed crap. You can easily hit that number, easily get to that number. Yeah. But I'm he- having healthy foods, and those typically are less calorie dense, and then the portion looks huge. So how am I doing it? Well, I, w- I want you guys to know that I'm not changing anything. Mm. I'm not changing anything. I love my food. On a bulk, I'm at 3,500 calories. Mm-hmm. That's just a function of my height, my weight, and my lean mus- muscle mass. So 3,500 calories most of the year and when I'm going into this cut I'm going to about between 10 and 20 percent off of my maintenance calories so right. I'm doing 2700 calories at the moment right so I'm dropping 800 calories per day which is a meal in its own right and that could be quite daunting but I am not changing anything I'm still having the biggest dinners I'm having I'm still I'm having all exactly the same foods I'm having dessert most I will be able to have dessert almost every day. When you say dessert, what, is your, what do your desserts look like? It's yeah, it's not not the kind of desserts you're thinking, no, right? Dark I'm, I'm dark chocolate yeah. with almond butter. I'm having halva. They're typically my not two go to. Not McFlurry, no, not a, not a Snickers bar no. or something like that. Um, but no, I'm having dessert most days. Um, and if I'm honest, I'm not struggling. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you what I'm doing. For me, for me, a diet shouldn't be going through a, a, a point of abstinence. It shouldn't be a, a crash diet, lose the weight and then return to quote unquote normal, where normal is eating unhealthy. Mm. For me, going on a, on a cut is really just an extension of my existing diet. I'm just having less of the things I would normally have. Yeah. So... I eat a lot of whole food, whole foods. I eat very little processed foods, and I've realised that I need to. I needed to get my cravings and my hunger in check. So about a year ago, I stopped eating wheat mm. and wheat-based products, and it's changed the game for me completely. So not having that, it's, it's almost got like an opioid-like characteristic. It's got an addictive yeah. quality as wheat. Definitely. So. By eliminating wheat, so that's pasta and it's bread and it's it's all these kind of snacks you get, has made a big difference on me being more in control of my want and desire to eat. So my cravings are starting to drop and I'm Mm. not eating when I'm hungry because then I would only eat once a day. I'm still eating three times a day. Yeah. But it's not an, it's not like this ravenous craving that's driving me to eat. I'm eating because I'm choosing to have the calories. Yeah. So I eat mostly whole foods, hardly any processed stuff. I've eliminated the wheat because I just found it create too many cravings. Um, and I focus on having foods which are mostly not very calorie dense. Yeah. Because I like volume. I like to eat lots of volume. So if you see my place of big sweet potatoes, lots yeah. of broccoli, asparagus, loads of mushrooms, you know. Naturally lowering calories, so therefore you can have the volume. And you like yes. volume, right? Yeah, so I like a big plate. So 
my goal is get the biggest plate possible. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of my, my standard stuff. Though in into this cup, I've just dropped eight hundred calories out. And now the way I'm doing that is I'm mostly going to be intermittent fasting. Yeah. So I'm basically skipping breakfast. Skip breakfast. And I had. Sorry, mate. How frequently? Um, I'm going to be doing that almost every day. Okay. Yeah. And the reason being is I, you know, I've got to lose a meal from my daily amount of food. So I'm going to skip breakfast, but I'm not going. I'm not going to do pure intermittent fasting. So I'm not going to go into like a ketosis state. Yeah. I do that maybe once a week, but I don't need to do that because I, I still train in the morning. So I need to have my pre-workout stuff. So I'm having. My protein shake um, and just a little bit of um, glucose, like, you know, whether it be a banana or a little bit of honey, just to give myself the energy with yeah. a pre-workout supplement. So energy flat. Yeah, just so I've got the energy yeah. to go hit the gym properly. After the gym, I'll have a shake again um, with a kind of post-workout shake, and that's about it. That'll be my kind of food in and around the workout. And then I'll have a late lunch. Um and I'll play with what that is depending on how many calories I have, but it'll probably be, you know, a chicken salad, a bit of sweet potato, something lightish, just yeah. enough to keep me going and keep that hunger at bay. And then I get to my dinner, which is my most important meal of the day, just in terms of me, in terms of satisfaction mm-hmm. and feeling normal. Yeah. The dinner's where it's at for me. Yeah. So, and my dinners are not going to change. And for the last two days, they haven't changed. I've had the same size, same portion, same calories same flavours, same enjoyment and the dessert because I've allowed myself to save the calories that I need mm. for dinner by doing this intermittent fast in the morning. So you're saying you're in a calorie deficit, you're dropping body fat, yet you're not feeling like it's restrictive. No, because, and this is the most important thing, Bryn, I'm, I guess I'm putting myself in this kind of mental comfort of knowing I'm choosing to do this. Yeah, it's a mindset. Yeah, I'm, I've got so much food in my house and I can eat and break this process whenever I want if I want to. Mm. If I want to go and have a 4,000-calorie day, uh, day, I can go do that. I'm, but my goal is strong enough. Mm-hmm. My pursuit for that goal is wired in and I know I'm in control. It's not that there isn't food around. It's I'm choosing to be in control of when I eat. Yeah. And the reality is... You can easily go one, two, three, four days without food. It's proven. People go on fasts for longer periods of time than that. But I did three days, didn't I? You had three days without any food. Yeah. You know you can do it. Yeah. I know I can go and miss breakfast and have a later lunch. I know I can do it. And any desire to eat isn't the fact my body needs the energy. Because, hey, I've got fat on me. Yeah. And I've got, I've got energy in my, in, in my bloodstream. I've got energy in my muscles. I know I can easily last. I could probably only eat one meal a day if I had to. And there would be no health consequence. And I wouldn't lose any energy energy, or feel that, you know, I'm going backwards. Because I've got enough in me to survive. Mm. Yeah. But I don't think I could... I don't think I want to do just one meal a day. Because yeah. I've still got to eat 2,700 calories. That's a lot in one meal. So... Yeah, that would be hard to eat in one go. Pre-post-workout, just to have the workout fueled, light lunch, big dinner. Yeah. And I'm sticking within my macros. And and that is an approach that works for you. And everyone's different. Exactly, exactly. Like for me, for instance, I 
as you may have read, if you've read the uh, Body Goals blog that I've written, that I struggle to get my enough calories in because I'm not like you in the sense that I can eat these huge meals and lots of volume. I just, I just can't do it. I graze throughout the day. Um, I'll have my three meals and then I'll have lots of snacks in between. That works for me. But what that means is that when I'm cutting and I'm dropping down to, let's say, uh, 2,500 calories a day, I can still eat three meals because I can keep three meals within 2,500 um, calories overall because my meals are not as big. So that's what works for me. Yeah, yeah. That works for you. Um, so yeah, it's just it's, it's very individualized, but it's interesting to hear how we both got different ways of of getting into a calorie restriction, yet not feeling like we're restricted, restricting ourselves too much. Yeah, I I don't like the idea of not eating the foods I like. Yeah, or having a plate that has no substance. Right, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have salads every day with or have stir you know light stir fries every day. Like that fucking just makes me miserable thinking about it, man. Is that physically? Is that psychologically? Well, the is, is it? Yeah, I, I like my food, man. I've I've already said you know I've already already said this on Adam Nation. I love my food. I, mm. I love flavors. Mm-hmm. I love the fats in food. I love the indulgence. Yeah, you know, I like to feel. Out. Yeah, I like to feel that. You know, I'm rewarding myself for a hard day's work. Yeah. So. That needs to stay. And. It, it's not that difficult, man. It's, mm. But you need to have you need to have the taste for healthy food. Yeah. If you have the taste for really shit unhealthy food, what I'm saying is probably not going to work. That's why I'm saying yeah. whole foods, n- stuff that's l- lowly or not processed at all. Try and eliminate wheat because it causes such a craving issue. Try and try and reduce your level of refined sugars. Mm. Because that causes cravings. The more sugar you have, the more sugar you want. It's just the way it works. Um, and if you if you catch yourself having cravings, think about your next meal and try and increase the fats and proteins mm-hmm. in that specific meal and lower the carbs. And I promise you, if you keep tweaking the dial that way, your cravings would subside because the yeah. cravings are almost always a function of having too too many um, highly processed, refined carbs and sugars in your diet yeah that's what's driving the need to crave for more food again yeah. you're always craving for that type of food you're not craving for another chicken breast no or another you know broccoli broccoli no exactly you're, you're craving you're craving for the donuts or the yes. snacks or the chocolates or the, the potatoes. Up foods that are going to spike your insulin exactly so what we're trying to say here is that if you're trying to be in a calorie deficit if you're the better your diet is the easier it's going to be better your diet the less cravings you're going to have the more food you can eat it's so much easier if you're eating an already healthy diet when you go on a cat on, on a diet basically but no totally and you don't need i guess the point we're trying to make is you don't need to think that a healthy diet is a, a diet that's lacking either substance or calories you can have a healthy diet mm. and be eating more than you need yeah. Right. Such as my diet for the last year. I mean, an incredibly healthy diet, mm. but I'm in a calorie surplus. I'm having, I'm indulging every single day. Yeah. Now I'm choosing to do it because my goal is to get bigger. Not I know that not everyone's goal is for for that. But when I dial it back down to something which is restrictive, so I can lose a bit of weight. Mm. Dialing back a healthy diet means that you end up still having lots of food to eat. Yeah. 
And that I think is the beauty. And it's not that difficult. I mean, on my days when you know I'm at maintenance of three one or bulking at three five, I mean that's a lot of food, man. Mm. And I'm loving it. Yeah. Loving my stuff. Loving my food. Loving every single day. I don't feel at any point I'm missing anything. Okay, I'm not having pasta. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not having bread. But a week or two of not having those foods, no longer craving. those cravings disappear. Yeah. It's incredible. And the best diet is a diet that you can stick to. And it sounds like you're going to stick to this diet. So that's really my approach. I'm just trying to think, is there anything else? Um, so it's the intermittent fasting to enable me to have my dinners as big as I normally do. Oh, another thing is keeping busy. Mm. So, because I I am skipping breakfast yeah. and I'm having a late lunch, I know I know, Bruno. If I had nothing to do, I'd be hungry. Yeah, hundred percent. So, luckily <laughs> enough, I've got I've got I've got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got so many other things I can occupy my mind on. So I'm not thinking about the food. Yeah, and that makes a big difference. So then, by the time I actually stop and check myself, I'm going, oh. Oh yeah, there. I, I could eat. Yeah, it's lunchtime now. Yeah, and then it's fine because yeah. I've skipped the meal. I haven't thought about it, and and it just goes to show that hunger is more behaviour, yeah, and habit than it is necessity. Because we almost feel like we need to eat all the time, but we've all had it where we've had our heads, you know, in work or whatever, and then four hours go by, so we go, I haven't eaten yet. I haven't even thought about eating. And then but as soon you, as you start thinking about it, then start the saliva it, starts building up. Start and, yeah, and then you want to start eating. So Exactly. Exactly. So try and keep yourself busy. Um, and the last thing, actually, I will say is about the other foods I have, other than like the healthy vegetables you've heard me talk about. I have a lot of, lot of uh, lean protein, so lots of chicken and mm-hmm. salmon and stuff like that. I would actually say when you're cutting or when you're trying to restrict your calories... You want to keep your protein levels high and a lot higher than you think. Mm. Protein is the most important. It's the one, I think it's called, yeah. as, a, as a macro, if you translate it in, in ancient Greek. It's, it's the one macro that's the most important because protein yeah. um, helps every organ and cell and muscle continue to be. Yeah. If protein breaks down too much, you lose the ability for things to function or grow. So protein is the most important. So if you're on a calorie restriction, up your protein intake to 1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. Yeah. So I'm 190 pounds um, all in. So I'm consuming 190 to 220 grams of protein per day. That's satiating. It's satisfying. These foods make you... enough in. Makes you makes you fall and it keeps all the functions of my body operating nicely. Yeah. I then layer on top on top of that some good healthy fats. So I'm talking avocados, salmon, um, uh, nuts, mm-hmm. almond butter, avocado oil, coconut butter, those kind of things. They're so incredibly good for you, and again they help with helping helping you feel full up and uh, satisfied after a meal. It's the fat in food that gives you that, you know, that, oh, that was a good yeah. meal. Without fat, things can feel really bland. So mm-hmm. I get as much fat in as I need. Um, fat does bring with it more calorie density, though. So you aren't going to go crazy on nuts. Because if you just had, like, you know, a 
couple of massive handfuls of nuts that might whack you over your budget. But it was just enough to keep hunger at bay and, and, good, and give you the fats that you need so your hormones don't start getting overly stressed. You know, they, they start don't start changing so cortisol rises and you start feeling all stressed out. They're the things I do. It's really that simple. I wish I had this kind of silver bullet, this overly sexy way of describing a diet, but I think this is better because I know I can do it and I can do it easily. I'm in complete control of the calories I'm, I'm, I'm deciding to have or not have. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying my food every single day. I'm seeing the pounds drop off. I'm seeing the fat go, more importantly, and I'm retaining my muscle. Mm. And, you know, this is only going to... this. Is, Bear in mind, guys, this is a short period of time. I am crash dieting. I am choosing to crash diet. Because you're in quite a big deficit, right? Yeah. So I'm. this is not sustainable. I'm not doing this all year round. I'm doing this for four weeks, and I've got the excitement of coming out of that four weeks and returning back to where I was before, which was more volume, more meals, yeah. um, and continuing to enjoy all the foods and flavours. Yeah. Have you got anything else to add on that? Not really. I think we've covered everything we needed to. Um, and like I said, my approach is slightly different to your approach. Um, neither is right or wrong. How would um, how would you? What would you adjust then to that? So you, you you've said that what you just drop your snacks and keep your meals the same, or you reduce you reducing the look and feel of your meals as well. Yeah, I think my meals uh, look the same when I'm in a calorie deficit. I don't really change what I'm eating, I just check, I just reduce what I am eating. So it, my snacks are the probably the easiest area to, to reduce my calories. Yeah. Because I want to eat breakfast, lunch and dinner and I know I can eat all three, feel satisfied and be within my calorie allowance. Um, but it's things like my dessert. I like having um, Greek yogurt with whey protein powder on it, with okay. frozen berries. I won't have as much, let's say, Greek yogurt because I lessen that because there's a lot of calories within the fat. So I'll just have less Greek yogurt. Um, and I might have, rather than having a handful of nuts in between a meal, I might have an apple. Okay. Calories are lower. So I, I'll just adjust all my snacks and keep my three meals the same throughout the day. That's what works for me. So, yeah, we're all different. No one way is... The, the best way, actually, is what works for you, right? Totally agree. Hopefully that helps and gives you some insight, guys. It's um, it's not as difficult, complicated as it's made out for. This isn't going to make either Bryn or I a millionaire selling the, the protocols mm-hmm. we use. We are just using using some intuition yeah. and focusing on health first. And you do that throughout the majority of, uh, of what you eat. Then being able to control your calories either up or down becomes so much easier because mm-hmm. you're not... You're not abstaining from anything. Drastic changes. You're just reducing the amount you have up or down. And that for me is so much better than say going on a juice diet or going on a you know a soup diet or going on a diet where you know it is designed to remove something that you enjoy. I don't mm. I don't buy that. I don't yeah. buy that at all. And I don't think you need to do it. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty guys. Well thank you for listening. Hopefully that was helpful. And at Adapt Nation, you know we're all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimise your strength, health and mindset inside and out. Thank you. Thanks, guys. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. 
And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.